Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And like I say on every episode, we got a great show for you today. Today we have Radio Romance. They're doing some great things out there. We're definitely excited um, to have them on to talk a little bit about their story and talk some music. So are y'all here? Yes, we're right here. How are y'all? We're doing good. And yourself? You're doing good. We're, we're doing great. How Nashville and the weather's beautiful, so uh, chalk it up to a good day. Oh, well. Awesome. <clears throat> now, I want to always start the same this year um, on our show um, because everybody's going through this, so I always like to start with the elephant in the room, so to speak. Um, <laughs> yeah. How how has COVID affected y'all, and what are you doing to maneuver through it? Well, I mean, as a band, you know, as a company, we run, you know, our, our own company, and, and this band is just uh, – taken a really big hit with uh, touring uh we weren't mm-hmm. able to play music whatsoever we weren't able to travel whatsoever and so we got to spend a lot of time with our wives and girlfriends and they still love us so i think we're making it okay still um no. and, and uh, go ahead sorry no she was just, she laughed about that <laughs> Oh, gotcha. okay. Yes, yeah. so we were very fortunate to uh, very fortunate to to be able to spend this time at home because we're on the road so much. We probably did over 150 days on the road uh, two years ago, wow. and and uh, mm-hmm. a little less last year, about 80 last year. But um, yeah, this year it's been. Gosh, I think we just played our fifth show of the year, um, which <laughs> has been just a huge swing for us. So. Um, you know, we chalk it up to always trying to look at it with the glass half full, and and we've got to spend a lot of great quality time with uh, the people that we love. So, yeah, we definitely know where you're coming from on that because you know we've sat here, and when we first launched this show this year, the goal was 80 to 100 interviews first year, and when COVID happened, I thought, oh wow, um, these artists are going to need a place to talk because, you know, everything's getting shut down. They they're not going to do no shows. I was like, so we're going to give them that platform so they can talk. And we just decided to go all out. And because of that, we've done over 220 shows this year on our way to 300. Well, that's a, I mean, that's great for y'all. And, and we we definitely needed something and somewhere to, to have as an outlet. I mean, um, you know, like I said, there's been no shows. So we've done a lot of online try to shows and, and try mm-hmm. to just reach out to as many folks mm-hmm. as we can and continue that that push so thank you all very much for this for this opportunity this time and this platform well it's our oh, pleasure and you. and you know you're talking about the, all the time with your significant others and all that you know so many times sandy and i have been put down because you know next month will be 18 years married but we've been a 24 7 couple pretty much since the day we married and yeah. so many times people put us down oh that's unhealthy that's not good. Y'all too dependent on each other. And then all of a sudden when COVID happens, and also we homeschool our little one, oh, that's not good either. And and so um, when COVID happened, all of a sudden we were like, oh, wow, everybody that told us that we're unhealthy has now got to be unhealthy because they're all having to um, spend all this time together too. <laughs> Do the same thing we've been doing all those years. <laughs> COVID, yeah, that's crazy. Karma, karma, and COVID this year. That's what it's been, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I was like, you, you know, well, um, the world tried to change us, and now all of a sudden, the world had to become us. 
Yep. There you go. I love the way you do that. That's great. <laughs> now, one thing I like to do on the show before we really dig into your story is go a little light. So what are some hobbies y'all like to do outside of music? Yeah. Um, running is a big one. You know, working out, fitness is a big thing for us. Um, you know, it gives us a little break from all the music stuff we're doing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we we love football, and uh, we were actually on the way home watching all the games yesterday, and uh, we had a great time. Josh and I are Cowboys fans, so we really enjoyed the comeback win. <laughs> yeah, and this is Sam, and I'm a Green Bay Packers fan, and I really enjoy beating our our opponents into submission um, like we have been this year. Um, we just, you know, just the typical dude stuff when it comes to sports, honestly. Uh can't say we're real deep there. I like trying new restaurants. We haven't been able to do any of that lately, so missed out on that hop. Um, got into cooking. Got into a little more cooking at home. Yeah, oh, cool. A few <laughs> got a few things up my sleeve, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I love I've that. Expanded, expanded my repertoire to one dish to maybe a two or three, so <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> but, but we're here, so. That's what matters, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so tell us y'all's backstory. Now, there's one thing I like to do is, you know, a, a lot of hosts, they, they talk music, music, music. I talk, the beginning of the show is more about the artist because I want to know the person behind the music. So tell us a little bit of, about where y'all are from and a kind of a backstory of y'all. That's great. Yeah, this is Sam, the lead singer, and I, I kind of kicked it off. I was living in Nashville first, um, and uh, I was actually on tour and managed by a country singer named Tracy Lawrence. And oh wow! Um, and I was wanting to start my own my own band, and uh, I met Josh. There's some mutual uh, mutual friends in Virginia. I'm from Virginia, and so is Josh, but we didn't know each other some mutual music friends and uh, I convinced Josh um to to move to Nashville and um and play guitar and and him and I were going to start this band together and Josh ended up living in a cot in my in my room uh for the first like 6 months of his time here in Nashville while we were still trying to just get our feet underneath us um and um uh, we were playing some shows with some friends of ours, but we, it wasn't quite the band yet. They were, these were just hired guys. And so, um, they, they, they had their own thing they were doing, but they were helping us out, helping us get on our feet and they would come out and play some shows with us. Um, fast forward about a year later, um, we met our drummer Moises on a gig in North Carolina. We had never met him before. We needed a drummer. Our, our buddy who was drumming, uh, ended up getting a call about a week before the show and he was getting ready to go on a major Christian artist tour. And we told him he absolutely had to do that. Uh, oh, and, wow. and he, he didn't mean to leave us hanging, but we got left hanging. <laughs> and so, uh, and so we had just a friend of ours say, Hey, I know a drummer is available. So we said, okay, man, well, please you know, send him our music. And, and uh, he showed up and I think he knew the songs better than we did. He just killed oh, it. Wow. And, uh, he was, he was great. And so we, um, we we convinced him to stick around, and we convinced him to actually move to Nashville too, which is wild because he didn't live in Nashville yeah. at the time. Um, and so uh, the the three of us have been in this band, and this band kind of originated around the three of us for since about gosh nine years ago, and then about three four years ago, 
Adam became uh, our bass player. And uh, we met Adam through some uh, friends here in Nashville, actually. Uh, he had just moved from Texas. He'd maybe lived here for, what, six months? Three months. Three, three months. Sorry. I, you'd think I'd know the story by now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's lived here for... Three, he'd lived here for three months, and we asked him to be uh, to be in our band and our bass player. And I'd never heard him play before, and I just said, you know what? At, at this point, the most important thing is is the the person. Um, mm-hmm. And so I said, you know, if Nirvana could get away with a horrible bass player, we could too. <laughs> you know, and so um, and so, but he came out on the road with us, and uh, no, he's he's a great bass player, and so it just was icing on the cake at that point so here we are four years later and and um and just uh keep we're still pushing love that and we'll give a quick shout out to stephanie lauren because she's the one that connected us together <laughs> yes we love, we love stephanie uh she's she's incredible and she's been a fan and friend of ours for years so we're we um we're very fortunate she does a lot of of hunting for us we don't even ask her to she's out there always she just loves <laughs> oh wow i think she loves your music more than we do to be honest with you and so we uh it's just fortunate that she just loves it so much that she'll just reach out to people and just say hey check out my friends you know so mm-hmm. yeah she's definitely awesome we you know cindy and i've gotten to know her a little bit through facebook and we don't know her face to face but we do know her through facebook so that's pretty cool yeah yeah, yeah. Well, we know her face-to-face, and she's equally as awesome. Oh, wow. <clears throat> so who's with some of your musical influences growing up, and have and who are they now, and have they changed? Have your taste changed? I think I – personally, so this is Sam, and I'm going to hand the phone around to the guys um, as well. Um, but for me personally, I've always grew up on Christian music um, mm-hmm. and, and more of contemporary country mu- – or uh, classic country music, and – I say classic, I mean, I guess, 80s and 90s is now considered classic, so that's where I'm going with that. But, um, but um, you know, I think my, my taste actually started expanding uh, even once I moved to Nashville and, and experiencing a lot more uh, of all genres. And so this isn't just country music here in town either. I mean, they, there's hip-hop, there's all kinds of jazz. Um, obviously, rock and roll is just a big part of still, even though it's a dead genre, but... Uh, I would say Bob Seger became a big influence of mine after I moved to Nashville about 12 years ago. Um, and, and he wasn't when I was younger so much, but uh, Bob mm-hmm. Seger or Travis oh, wow. Tritt would be, would be that band or, uh, you know, some, some folks in the Christian music scene too. So I'll, I'll hand the phone. Hey guys, it's Josh. Um, I'd say for me, nineties, eighties, 90s century was definitely the thing that we that grew up on. Um, <clears throat> I went to college for music, so, you know, I had to learn classical and jazz music, and then, you know, you fall in love with it once you start to learn a new genre, so that was part of it, and um, also growing up with a lot of 80s pop, you know, around the house, like my mom loved Michael Jackson and uh, the Commodores, you know, Lionel Richie, that whole thing, so it's kind of like a you know, bunch of stuff, and then now with all the great music coming out, the songs this year alone have been incredible from so many, so many artists, like Air Church is a big one, Oh wow. his song, Christian <laughs> Land. Next level, but yeah, that's for me, though. And uh, yeah, this is Adam. Uh, I really started, uh, I guess, just listening to what my parents listened to, which was 90s country music at the time. And I'm from Texas, so George Strait is the king, and 
definitely a lot of George Strait. And then uh, once I got into high school and started being interested in actually playing music, I started doing a lot of the the rock and the pop punk and stuff like that. Um, and then afterwards, just transitioned back into country and uh, really uh, dug in there. Love that. <clears throat> Is that everybody? <laughs> yeah. Nope. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Um, as y'all know, you know, you've been doing this long enough to know that the struggle is real out there for artists. And I always like to talk about that side of it because I don't think nobody – they don't get talked about enough. You know, a lot of people, they see the glory of a Blake Shelton, of a Miranda, of a Carrie, but they don't see the grind, the the sacrifice, the tears that it takes, not just to get to their levels but even at a career level. And there's so much that goes behind the scenes that people don't see. And I always like to bring that side out because nobody talks about that, but we do. So I'm going to tell a quick story to help guide us into where I want this to go, and then we'll discuss that. But back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls. And at that time, they were full-time on music. And one of the questions I asked Allison was, what advice would she give an up-and-coming artist? And I'll never forget what she said. She said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, if you can see yourself doing something else, go do that and keep music as a hobby. She said the moment you want it to be a career, <clears throat> you no longer own your life. Everybody else owns a piece of it. Your friends your re- and relatives, they never understand. They invite you to weddings, to weekends, to holidays, to cookouts, to everything. But you have to say no because – especially at the beginning because you are grinding it out. You can't say no to gigs, and if once you've have, had a gig set, you definitely don't want to be the type of artist that's, that cancels. So you, you can't do that, uh, and they never understand that. Then on top of that, you've got um, – your whole family has to sacrifice, and then if that's not enough to, to push an artist down a little bit – then you know there's days where you just feel miserable. You just don't want to do anything, but if you've got a gig, you've got to get up there and smile like there's no tomorrow. But then she went on and said, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, if you cannot see yourself doing anything else, then go all in because the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said, and let's talk about that side of it. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, oh, I mean, that's that's very well said. I mean, having done this for a decade now, full time, um, there's there's so much that we've learned uh, the hard way, and yeah, and the the reason the reason I say it that way is because there's nobody out there just holding your hand and saying this is the <laughs> next step and this is the next step. And I think I think there's a, a misconception of the music industry. I feel like, or at least for me, it was that I, I thought that you if you get to some level whatever mm-hmm. that imaginary imaginary line is that there'd be people in place that are going to you know take over i guess yeah. and then just steer the ship for you and in no way is that ever the case um <laughs> you even look at you look at someone even as, as successful like Luke Combs and his manager Cappy is an incredible uh, talent of of his own. His manager is incredibly is as talented as Luke Combs is talented singing and writing songs. Um, mm-hmm. But even then, I mean, Luke is still the one. He's the one that has to push, and he he's even out doing. You know, he's the one grinding on social media, and he's the one out there grinding at the shows, and he's he's lining up his own stuff too. You know, and so um, I guess for us, it's you know we we decided 
there can be no plan B. Um, mm-hmm. That was a that was a decision that we all said out loud. There is no plan B. Um, this is what we're doing, and this is a, a life commitment, and uh, and and that's kind of the, been the whole goal. And we we started running this thing more like a business than a hobby. And so you, you yeah. start running it like a small business, and and uh, there's there's so much. It takes an army to move an ant hill, and uh, <laughs> and that's that's the that's the goal. Is you just realize that if you just move one one grain of sand at a time, you'll you'll get that ant hill to another location and that's that's really what we're doing you got to check every box you have to um go through and and you have to spend that time on social media you have to spend that time uh on the road you have to spend that time behind your instrument you have to spend that time on the pen and paper um it is it is not a job anymore there's no it's a it's a lifestyle change it's a complete and and utter lifestyle change but you know that sounds scary or intimidating it's because it is scary and intimidating because, you know, <laughs> you, you, there's always levels of crippling self-doubt that, that find its way in in anything that you devote your life to. Um, but you, you definitely still, you know, put that aside and you, you continue pushing through it. And if you love something and you have a passion or a dream or anything like that, you should definitely do it because we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And if we were to encourage mm-hmm. another generation of music behind us, we would be – go after it because you know we have no idea what tomorrow holds or even if there will be a tomorrow and if you have a passion or dream you can't take anything else with you when you go you know there's no yeah you can go get you can always go get more money you can always go get more things but those things aren't going with you in, in the hearth ride either so go do what, what you love and and help people along the way and and you know you'll you'll get it back and just devote your life to something because that's i think what we're here for is, is to find purpose and meaning I love, I definitely love everything that you just said. It makes a lot of sense. And I think a lot of times people, they, you know, they see the artist as just this singer. But you know what? When, when you run into people like you, it, it, gives, a, it, it gives hope on, because I'm a big believer in God and all that. And I can definitely tell y'all's foundation is there just, just like ours is. And, you know, and you, you see this and, and you see that, you, that y'all are growing and it just gives hope that wow, you know, there are still believers out there that are growing and moving and shaking and not letting anything stop them. Absolutely, I mean, absolutely. The, you know, we're 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 good old boys, Christian boys. You know, we came we came here, and, and uh, you know, we definitely um, all you know have our own path. You know that we that we walk and we learn things the hard way on, on that front too. Um, <laughs> but it's always great to wake up in the morning and and. Uh, and thank God for being able to do this every day. Now that we talked a little bit about the sacrifice side, let's talk about the other side, the glory side. Um, when y'all look back at y'all's career so far, what are some moments where you're like, wow, we got to do that? Yeah. I mean, first one that pops up for me, uh, and I'm again, I'll, I'll let the boys talk too. And, and But for me, I think the big one, there's two of them that, that really stand out. One was we got to – uh, play at Times Square uh, for New Year's Eve uh, in New York City at oh, the wow. um, yeah at um, the, Opry the Opry House. This was they they're not there anymore, uh, and it was an extension of the Ryman Auditorium. Which for those that don't know what the Ryman is, it's the Grand Ole Opry. Um, yeah. So the Opry House had a, a venue in Times Square. We got to play 
New Year's Eve, we were the first band to ever play in that venue. Uh, we opened up for Low Cash, and uh, that was a oh, wow. that was really, really just so incredibly exciting. Um, watching the ball drop in Times Square and, and having actually played there, just what an, an incredible experience. And then I think the other one for me that was just real big was when we got to uh, meet, just meet backstage at a show, meet Garth Brooks. That was just, I, that was the big one for me. Uh, and we were backstage at the CMA Fest and we were getting ready to go on and do, a, a, I think there was like an autograph booth and uh, he was, coming back from an acoustic show. We just ran into him backstage, and he's absolutely the coolest dude. He literally walked out of his way to get into our way to introduce himself and ask us about how music's going for us. And I just was like, that's why you're who you are, man. I mean, that's just incredible that he just stopped everyone. I mean, he had a group of people behind him. You know, they were probably managers and publicists, whoever, you know, record label, whoever it was. And he stopped them all just to sit there and hang out with us. So that was uh, really just really cool. Josh, what's your name? Man, there's been, there's been a bunch of cool moments. Um, I'd have to say maybe because of how soon it happened, but um, our very first pub deal was a was a very cool moment because um, even back then that was three years into me moving to Nashville, and I didn't think that was um, a possibility that soon. And it was with uh, Sony ATV, and we learned so much while we were there. I um, got to write with a lot of incredible writers, like hit songwriters. It just taught us a whole bunch. So that's a big one uh, for me, I'd say. Had yeah. a recording budget. Yep. I think that's another thing too. We had a recording <laughs> budget for the first time ever, oh, wow. and uh, man, we we abused it <laughs> real bad. We, we spent every dime I think that they allowed us to have, but we recorded so many songs uh, in a, in a major studio with major players and and uh, major producers, and actually being able to step foot in those places. That I think that's that awesome. Yeah, that's a cool one. Adam, what about you, man? Um, I feel like my favorite experience that we've had um, so far since I've been in the band was um, the Nash uh finale, which was the contest that we won to get us our record deal. And there were 10 bands in the final, and um, we had fans fly in from all around the country, from Cincinnati, from Florida, from, like, my parents came from Texas, like, California. Yeah, just it was such a surreal moment. It was so cool to see how uh, much our fans supported us. So that was a really big moment for me. Yeah. Love all that. You know, that's the big thing is when, you know, when you're doing the music, the fan support is huge. Just like even what we're doing with the show, you know, you know, we don't know where our show is going, but we're kind of chasing the same dream like y'all are. You know, we want to be the Bobby Bones and the Ty Bentleys of the world of tomorrow, you know. So we're trying to chase this and grind it out. It's the same crazy dream that y'all are. So we definitely get and understand the ups and downs. You know, I try to tell people that uh, I know you just don't know about the music industry. It's like one minute you're on the top of the world. Next minute you're like – really down because it's like, okay, that didn't go through, then that went through, then that didn't go through, then and it's like a never-ending roller coaster. Yeah, we always say the highs are really high and the lows are really low. And a lot of people just, you know, they don't experience that, you know, sometimes, I guess. In, in the, well, I wouldn't even know how to experience it in normal life because we don't live that, but um, <laughs> the highs are really high and they and they are. It's, a, it's an adrenaline junkie that can survive it, so – yeah, it's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely that for sure. Definitely but, uh, takes special people. Of, yeah, to go off what you were saying about the fans, the fans are 
the only thing. I mean, that's really it. That's really what it boils down to. I mean, we we see all our, our at our live shows, you know, how much support we get there, and that really is the only thing that that drives our, you know, that uh, drives our business model. And and I mean, these folks are have been there since the beginning, and even the new mm-hmm. ones, uh, the repeats is just uh, the fans yeah. are the only target. You know, that's the only thing we think about and target. So you're absolutely right with that. Now, do any of y'all have a moment to where you had a fork in the road? And I think every artist goes through this multiple times in their career where where they just feel like is when is enough enough or is it ever going to work or when is that breakthrough going to happen? And you're at the fork, and you have to make a decision, and you still move forward anyway. What – for those moments, tell me a moment like that and how you got through it. Yeah, I, I guess to say earlier it was like you know it's always crippling self doubt, mm-hmm. always. Um, is there anything that stands out for you, Josh? I know you said you looked like you knew what you were. Yeah, so I mean it's it's funny like it goes back to the religion thing. At the end of the day, I think because um, uh, whenever it gets to that mm-hmm. moment, it's one or two or maybe even three times, it's just a sign happens and some random thing, random connection, <laughs> a random person play. And it's always the strangest, craziest thing, but it always comes through. So yeah, I think that I just, you know, try to keep it in God's hands and it's, it's always seems to work. So that's <laughs> kind of the for me personally there, but <clears throat> love that. You know, I've got a story that goes with that along. We were, I guess we're about two months in the show and we're like y'all, you know, we, we we love rising artists, but we also want to get bigger artists on too. We want a combo of both. You know, we don't, we would never leave the rising artists down. No matter how big we got, we will always interview rising artists. But you still want to get your hands on bigger artists and all that too. And as we were growing, you know, we were two months in, and we were putting a lot of work in, and didn't turn down left and right because you know, new show you're going to get turned down. This was before COVID. Well, after COVID, that changed. But before COVID, it was like everybody turned down. And we were sitting there, and I remember there was this one person, the artist, I thought for sure I'd get. She was a big rising star, and I knew her dad and her sister. And I thought, hey, we should be able to get her on. But I, I learned really quick, once you get signed with the label, family don't matter no more. <laughs> I learned, and I got turned down. And, and, I was, and I was like, well, God, what are we doing? I mean, I preached out to God. I was like, what are we doing here? You know, is this really what we're supposed to be doing? And I think it was like an hour later, I get an email from a PR company and said that I've got six artists I'd like to get on your show. And I'm scrolling through the (laughs) thing, and one of them was Anna Christina Cash. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I wonder if um, that's any relation to the Cash family. Look her up. Oh, wow, she's married to John Carter Cash, the son of Johnny and June Carter Cash. So yep. I emailed says, yes, we'll take all six, and we want Anna first, and we got her first. And that was a game changer for us. I was at the moment that I needed that. God sent that, and that was a game changer because after she came on, that brought Carlene Carter, which brought Jenny Gill, which brought, you know, which brought Taylor Lynn and Georgette Jones and, all, and a lot of the different kids and grandkids of Legends. And all of a sudden, that was a game changer for our show. And again, that was one of the moments where I had a fork in the road. I didn't know what I was going to do, and God helped me lead the way. Well, that's uh, that's just incredible. I love hearing that. We, I have, I actually have a story like that. I was 
getting ready to uh, pack her up, and I, I was uh-huh. really going to call it fits, and, and uh, the boys and I were just at – we just really honestly were at that spot, and uh, we met this gentleman who I think we knew him for the total of maybe a week and a half. I, from oh, wow. the time we met him to the time we never heard from him again, he must have changed his phone number. I, I have no idea how this happened, um, <laughs> but he 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 saw us play a show, and he said, "I want to be your manager." And I was oh, like, wow. "Well, I mean, there's a lot that comes with that, man. <laughs> you know, let's you know, I don't know you from Adam, so let's just hang out. Let's you know, whatever. Let's just drink some beers or whatever and get to know each other." And well. Uh, he started cold emailing people without us knowing about it. Um, mm-hmm. Some people he had known, and um, and we got an email back and said, "Hey, you know, we heard from this gentleman um, about your band, and we're interested in maybe coming and watch y'all play." Well, this was oh, Sony wow. ATV. This was Sony oh, ATV wow. that, that straight up responded, and they said, well, "We can't get in touch with this guy." And we were like, "Well, you can email us. You know, that's fine. If he's not answering." <laughs> And uh, and he wasn't even that that gentleman left, and we never heard from him again. And uh, so he just came out to the show randomly, and we just met him right there. And and they never asked about him again. And we we I never heard from him again. I don't even know where he, I don't remember his last name at this point. I, and um, and I, honestly, it, it's just so crazy how that worked out. Um, and that was our first that was our first actual like foot in the door on on music row. Wow, you know, that's. What, it kind of legitimized everything for us and really changed everyone's perception of who we were and what we were trying to he do. He was y'all's that, little angel for that moment. It was a little crazy drunk angel, I guess. It was. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was. Uh, I love but that. It, it, what? Yeah, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and play your song and then talk about that. How's that sound? Thank you very much. Exciting. Uh, hang on the line. All right. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. Okay. Ain't no traffic jacked up too late on these low-down country roads. After Saturday night round here, yeah, we move a little slow, but that's okay, cause it ain't Monday. Got some burgers on the Coleman, cold ones chilling over ice. Got my baby in a sundress underneath the sunshine. I'm feeling Sunday by, by. 
here in town for those people that want to dig a little deeper and look up those names. They're uh, great guys. Um, both just experienced some songs with Brantley Gilbert on his newest album. So um, we're hoping they still want to write with us after that. Uh, <laughs> they, they're, good, they're good friends of ours. They're, they're, they're great guys. And um, we, we actually recorded, we were actually playing all of the instruments and, and everything on that. And I, I say that because, uh, a lot of times in Nashville, even if you're a band like we are, where we play our own music and write our own music, um, they're, they're, a lot of times in Nashville they have studios here in town that have world-class instruments, uh, <laughs> instrumentalists, world-class players. And when you when you rent out studio time, you actually uh, bring them the songs and record it, and you sing over it. Um, <laughs> and that's just a thing that not a lot of people know that happens in Nashville. Um, and those guys, we've become friends with a lot of those uh, world-class players um, from when we first started at Sony and doing it that way with those guys. But uh, we're really excited because yeah. um, 
a lot of this stuff that we're putting out is, is actually us playing it and we're the ones recording it in the studios and stuff now. And, um, and it, it took, it took a while to convince people to allow us to play our own instruments as silly as that, yeah. as that might sound. That's not trying to badmouth anybody in, in yeah. the music industry, but it is an industry. It is a business. And so there's a way of doing things that have been done for years and years. And so, um, you know, we want to say that this is actually just us playing on it too. So it's another layer of us just trying to be as original as possible. I love that. <clears throat> now, as y'all know, you know, when fans see the artist, they see the artist. They don't see the PR people, the managers or producers, any of that. And I'll be honest, they don't get enough love out there. So I want to, sure. I always want to make our show be where they do get enough to get some love because they're, they, they need some love. And so I always like to give artists a couple minutes to kind of talk about the team. So tell us about the team that helps y'all be who you are. Well, um, Josh is our guitar player, and he's our social media guru. <laughs> uh, Adam is our bass player, and he does a lot of the legwork when it comes to um, he, he kind of he's our like our miner. He's the miner. He goes and mines and finds like hidden gems amongst the rubble, if you will. And <laughs> he goes out and finds us these great uh, avenues, like a like a manager would. And um, I am the personality uh, that goes out and talks everyone's ear off until they're trying to leave, and I won't let them leave. <laughs> um, and 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 uh, Moises ties the band uh, together. He he holds us down. He's our money guy he handles all of our finances um and then stephanie lauren is the person that reached out to you so i guess she's kind of like our pr person right <laughs> she's now. a team member too right <laughs> she is she is you know and that's just something too uh we have a a thing called the the rr army for the radio romance army and we have a, a friend of ours andrea who um has just been a, a fan of ours and, and a friend of ours for years and she um, just started a fan club for us without us even knowing about it, and uh, she's been running that for us. Um, and that's that's just really been a great outlet for uh, some people to get to know each other that might not have known each other from other places that are friends and fans and family of ours. And um, it, it actually, because of, of that, it kind of turned the word fan into a, a negative connotation where it's now more of like a family anything and and a support you know the support team the family so um that that was a big one for us and then of course our our uh women in our lives they they should get all the praise because they allow us (laughs) to sit here and do stuff uh and and they put up all of our shenanigans and all of our we're, (laughs) we're trying we're spending our our money and our time and we're investing in this and they're investing in in us and they uh, you know, they, they definitely deserve all that praise. So between all of those women I just listed and the band members, that's it. We, we actually, um, uh, don't have any management right now. Um, we don't have, uh, any, anybody anymore right now. We actually left the label, uh, when it was folding, it folded. And so we, um, we actually left over there and, and we're, uh, we're out just actually just doing it on our own for the first time. And, this is oh, the first time in, gosh, six, seven years where we've actually owned our all of our own music and writing, <laughs> and everything is, is ours. The masters are ours, and, and everything. And so we're just building up our, our, um, our uh, family, if you will. And we're just growing yeah. it from from the inside out right now. And so that's kind of where we're at. I love that, and because we're a family affair show, we kind of got a third co-host, our little eight-year-old. That we always yes, bring on to ask one question. 
Mm-hmm. Sandy's going to get him on. And we've got an yeah, 18-month-old go daughter. <laughs> She's going to go get him. we got an 18-month-old daughter. When she gets older, she'll be plugged into the show, too. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. I love that. Because <clears throat> it's all about the family. Without the family, you're enough, to me, you're nothing. That's right. That's exactly right. <clears throat> so I think she's getting him now. He was yeah, outside. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> no worries. Okay, here's Christopher with his question. How All right. Do you want to make your food? Oh, say that again, Christopher. Hi, Raymond Romans. What's your favorite food? What's our favorite food? Well, that's a loaded question, <laughs> sir. I'll have to say, I'll have to say that mine is. Pepperoni pizza, just regular old pepperoni pizza. I just love it so much. Josh, what's your favorite food? Oh man, this is a strange answer, but rice, my favorite food. <laughs> oh well. I'm gonna go with a sirloin steak. Oh, mm. Yeah. And I already know our drummer's favorite food, and that is the Hostess cup rolls on them, the chocolate ones with the little white swirls. He loves. Uh, he eats them like every weekend. <laughs> And what's yours, look, Chris? Pepperoni pizza. Woo! Oh, nice. <laughs> well, time, well, when I actually meet you, you and I are going to have to get some pepperoni pizza together, bud. Awesome. Awesome. Bye, Dave. <laughs> See you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, we're actually moving to Nashville next year. Oh, fantastic. Have you started looking at <clears throat> Do what? Have you started looking at, at places out here yet? We've got. I mean, I'm on like the the Realtor. dot com where for rentals, yeah. I got a bunch of different places like Murfreesboro, Hendersonville, and all that, where they send me all the different rentals mm-hmm. every day. I get a ton of them, so I kind of look at. Right. Um, but I'm not specific yet because again, anything can happen between now and nine to twelve months, and so you know. Yeah. And we definitely know we want to live on the outskirt. You know, Nashville is a little more expensive than we want to go to right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And what's the outskirt? You know, I would love to live in. I would love to live in Clarksville, but that's a little too far from Nashville because I'm sitting there like, I don't want to be an hour away either. You know, (laughs) it is. It is an hour. Uh, You mentioned Murfreesboro, and it's really only thirty minutes. Um, When you live in Nashville, it's. You start looking at the map a little differently here than I've ever looked at a map growing up. Um, you, know, you look at you look at Nashville, and then you look. A lot of people live between anywhere from ten to thirty, forty minutes away from downtown. But yeah. then when people say, "Oh, I live yeah. over here," and you see how far they are from Nashville, you're like, "Oh, that's not a big deal." And then you realize you just drove from you know east all the way far east to far west, and you realize you drove for an hour, but it doesn't feel that way because you go through Nashville. And so, yeah. um, mm-hmm. so you start looking at a little differently. But uh, you you'd mentioned Murfreesboro, and that's a great area out there. It really is. It's it's actually still uh, they're developing it even more now, and the school system is oh, wow. great out there. Um, it's it's just a great area. Another place I would encourage you to look would be Mount Juliet, Tennessee, which is about yeah. We get those emails too. That's a great school district as well, and I know you're looking for that too. So that, those are two ones that are up and coming that are definitely. Um, they're definitely price friendly and also just great areas with a bunch of great mm-hmm. folks that live out there. Oh, We've experienced both of those towns and lived in both of those towns. So, and we're and we're planning on going to Cross Point Church. It's going to be the yeah, church. Yeah, I actually goes. I actually go there. Yep. Oh wow! Oh, awesome. <laughs> I, 
Wow. Yep, I go to I go to Cross Point there, and Pastor Kevin's amazing. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I actually uh, they just opened up the doors for the first time this week, so I oh, I might, cool. I oh, might try to go to an actual service in the building again for the first <laughs> time in forever. So. Yeah, cause, right. you know, a, a lot of people like we our our church is opening Wednesday night for the first time um, mm-hmm. this year since the COVID, and right. and, I, and and we're ones that like the bigger church. We like you know like our church is like um, we we run eight nine thousand people a weekend or used to. I mean that may change now <laughs> and, until we get till next year, but we used to. But we you know our main campus has the the half moon stadium style seating, just like y'all's main campus. And so we really love what we see with cross point. I follow them a lot. Mm -hmm. I've talked with a couple Mm -hmm. people on the, on the phone. I'm even part of some of their um, groups on Facebook already. So Mm. there you go. (laughs) Well, and that's the, something that big churches have, have to offer. And I think the term big church kind of makes it scary or gives it um, a negative connotation get lost in the mix and that in no way is how this church acts at all this people realize that we're a bunch of sinners that all are under the same roof under the same purpose and that's try to help each other and, and pick each other up and everybody does such an amazing job of just understanding where everybody is and just having mm-hmm. an open heart and um i love how they have such an amazing reach into the community they have uh all kinds of programs where they help homeless folks or no way. uh or independent mothers, shelters, or, or children, and, and they they just they just do so much outreach in this area and across the world. Um, and and I just love so much about what they stand for and do. So, if I were to encourage you, it would definitely be stay on the path because that's an amazing church. Love that, and I love hearing that because again, you know, like I said, you know, and it's funny how all this has come about because you know when my you know we've always stepped out on faith on everything we did. <laughs> Here it is. We got married uh, before we met online back in '02, and we met on February 2nd of '02. We talked on the phone first time February 4th. February 18th we set a wedding date, and March 4th we met in person. So we were meeting in person to see who we were going to marry. We 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 knew that you uh-huh. were there, you know. And then you, many, you know. Then I went through 19 years of addictions. Um, First five years of our marriage was really hectic on my wife because of those addictions, but she stood by me. She stood with me. She held on to God's word through all that, and God healed me almost 13 years ago. So that was another faith mm. moment. Then, a, then he told us um, Savannah Christian Church one night, and I just I've never been asked to go there. That changed our whole life. That church never been there, and I already I knew that we were supposed to be members there, and then now. We already were saying we're going to move to Nashville. We never visited Nashville because people are like, how do you know you're going to like it? I was like, I, I know I'm supposed to be there. There's no question about it because we're already talking about we're going to move there, never been there, we, never been to the church there, but we know we're supposed to be at that church. So, again, our whole life has been nothing but faith. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's the, only way you're supposed to, that's the only way you're supposed to live it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I love that. So – if y'all could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about? Oh, wowzers. Man, do you have another hour to talk? Or... <laughs> um, if, we had, if I had to co-write with anyone, dead or alive, does anyone have it off the top of their head? Because I'm going to have to pick. All right, hold on. Josh has one. Here we go. I mean, I was going back to this one from uh, earlier, but definitely for modern country music, Eric Church. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's, uh, he's good. Definitely the favorite. Yeah, 
Adam? Um, I don't know. I think I would have to go with, hmm, I don't know, probably Sean McConnell. I really like his oh, wow. music. He's a Texas artist. He's a Texas artist. I would have to say Ray Wiley Hubbard would be mine. Oh, wow. I really want to play him. Uh, yeah, he's got a song called Snake Farm that we as a band just love so much. And so, and there's one more writer. But the new artist, Hardy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's good. He he's is a phenomenal songwriter. And that's something, too, that's happened in country music where uh, the songwriters are really getting that phrase. You know, I mean, Luke Bryan wrote song for Billy Currington called Good Directions for anybody really even knew who Luke Bryan was and so um, <laughs> wow. you know there, there's a lot of stuff that he wrote before he was Kenny Chesney and, and it just keeps going back and back so um, mm-hmm. you know Christopherson nobody knew Christopherson until he wrote his hit yep. until he had his and so um, yeah, it's a thing in country music the glorified always and so that's the and thing. Casey Musgraves you know if I'm not mistaken Casey Musgraves came up as a songwriter and eventually became an artist yeah absolutely and that's just the way it works uh you know the songwriter always wins and the song always wins um, yep so yeah yeah those would be ours for sure <clears throat> so this past February made the five-year anniversary that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she was wanted to be in five years and I always like to tell this story to each artist before I ask them that exact same question so they can kind of think about it. But when we asked her that question, the answer she gave us five years ago is almost to the T of what she's living right now. And I always like to tell that to make artists think a lot can happen in five short years because it really ain't that long. Um, so knowing that, where do you all want to be in five years? Yeah, I think we all kind of collectively see um, – ourselves being in able to support ourselves as a, a independent entity um when it comes when i say support ourselves i mean our own uh, much larger our own family um and being able to play shows um nationally and and sell tickets everywhere um i i don't want to say we want a number one on country radio i don't know if that's the goal so much uh, we're never going to turn that down of course but i think the goal is to grow (laughs) grow our business uh uh, significantly larger um you know out in and and really just kind of expand to markets we haven't played before and Mm -hmm. sell out out target markets that we are in at the moment right now that we're not necessarily selling out um and that's really kind of our goal is just to keep growing this thing by itself. And if this brand just stays, you know, just us, and that's what it is, and that's fine too. Um, and if we never sign another record deal again, if we never sign another publishing deal again, if we never get on country radio again, uh, that's okay. And there's other avenues out there. There's plenty of other artists that some people have never heard of, but some people have their tattoo. And, and you know, they, they have a, a huge following and – yeah. Are on tour buses. There's people on tour buses right now that nobody's ever heard of, and they're able to afford these tour buses, and they're grinding on the road and selling out tickets everywhere and doing better than some of the artists that you know about their own radio. Yeah. So I think our goal is just not necessarily to put an exact on it, but definitely just to grow and, and do the hard work now to set ourselves up for our future. That's really the goal. Yeah. Now – Let's say that y'all had a friend of yours, and you heard him or her singing. They got something special. There's definitely something there. 
They've played maybe 40 or 50 shows that are still getting their feet wet then. Oh, this would be pre-COVID advice, of course. But, they get, but they've got what every artist says, that stage bug where they are on the stage. They look over the crowd, and the crowd's roaring for them, and they know they're in the right place. And they come to y'all, and they say, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would y'all give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? Oh, gosh, man. Oh, man. So for me, my first example, my first thing I would say is to write, write, write. And when you're done <laughs> writing your album, write more. more and more and more. Write as much as you possibly can with with people that you think are going to sharpen your sword as far as songwriting goes. And, and write, find people. There's plenty of people out there that are – coming up as well as you are and trying to find their path. And these songwriters are as good as some people are at singing. And there's people mm-hmm. that are instrumental that are better at that. And, you know, strengthen your weaknesses. And, and that would definitely be writing for me is key because you don't, you, if you don't win on the song, then you're not going to win anywhere else. Yeah. That would be my first, that would be mine. And then I'm going to hand it to the boys and let them answer too. Here's Josh. I mean, I pretty much 100% agree with that one. Um, you know, it's all about the song, and also it's you know personal too because it's got to be who you are as an artist. You know, yeah. for the song, that's super important um, to just be genuine through your music. But definitely the song for sure. And here's Adam. I think I would say uh, just don't get complacent. Like regardless of where you're at in your career, if you even if you just signed a record deal. No, they're not going to do it for you. You still have to grind. You still have to yep. work as hard as you possibly can. Um, yeah, just keep your foot on the gas pedal would be my advice. <laughs> and, that, and that, again, I think reflects back to going a little deeper of what that means to us uh, in our band. Yeah. It's staying on social media and interacting with folks and staying on recording and staying on songwriting and staying on practicing and staying getting together as a group three times a week, even if we're not on the road um, and making it a lifestyle change. And that's really what yep. I think never getting complacent means. Yeah. You know, to piggyback on what Josh said, I remember when we first started the show, I asked one of my Nashville friends, what advice would he give us on taking this show off and all that? And I'll never forget what he said. He says, um, I'll give you one piece of advice. Um, be and stay authentic. He said, because, he says, you could tell every Bobby Bones joke. You could tell every Ty Bentley joke. And who knows? You might be good at it. But the day will come when authentic Chris comes out. And when that day comes, you'll lose every bit of your audience because they were never attracted to the authentic Chris. They were attracted to the fake Chris. So if you, you yeah. say your show might grow slower from the beginning, but if you stay authentic from the beginning, you'll gain the right fans. That's right. That I mean, that is – it's easy to say, and it's harder to do because there's so many times going back to that crippling self-doubt that you run into and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, leading it by faith. But there is plenty of times where you you question that. There's a lot of times mm-hmm. you start questioning, is this real? Is this authentic? And you start questioning, is yeah. this working? Um, and you hear of artists reinventing themselves and then blowing up, if you will. Um, yeah. But but you're you're right. There is definitely – you know, you're only going to be, it's only going to be you at some point in time in your career. And people are going to come and go, um, whether it's managers or record labels, um, publishing deals, songwriters, 
some of those guys come and go. Uh, people come and go, but you're the one that has to wake up and go to bed every day and be that person that you those years creating. Yeah. And so, yeah, that would be something that we have um, stood next to. We've also questioned plenty, and that's okay because that's how you grow, but that's also how you, you reflect on, on what you're doing and how much it actually means to you. Yeah, I love that. So as we come to a close here on our last question here, what is a question that y'all wish hosts like us would ask but they kind of never do? <laughs> that's a good one, man. I think that, well, first of all, that question would be the one I wish you would ask because nobody ever asked what, what do we want to, you know, what do we want to have, you know, be asked. Um, for me, I would be, Sam, why do you think the Dallas Cowboys are so bad at football? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I would have to say it's coaching, Really, really cool about that. I think Jerry Jones needs to uh, go in and answer any questions. And I think Jerry needs to get out of his own way. He just needs to be the owner. I don't think he needs to be making football decisions anymore. Um, I don't know if the son is the answer. I don't understand it. I'm so frustrated with that franchise. I'm not even a fan. Uh, I just hear about it funny. all the time. So thank you for asking because I've been needing to get that off my chest. And I really appreciate you all taking the time. <laughs> uh, here, but on a serious note, here's Josh. He's got he's got one for you. The Cowboys went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, musically, I would have to say, um, you know, I think I think when did you start playing music, or when did you figure out that maybe this was the path? Like what, what you, you know, that's a question I missed that I almost uh, always my, – my question to people, this is what that's I say, and, we'll, and I guess we'll end with this one, is um, when – you know, I always, I always say, you know, every host asks, when did you want to do music? I go a step further. Um, I don't want to know when you wanted to do music. When did you look in the mirror and say, wow, I could make a career out of this? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's the thing. I think when I was when I was growing up, there was always music. I was forced to sing in church and all that stuff, and I hated it. My mom said I have to be a well-rounded individual, and mm-hmm. baseball would ever work out for you. You're never going to make it, you know. And so no, she was never that mean, of course. But you know, she yeah. she just said, um, you know, you have to be a well-rounded individual. So she got me into playing the trumpet, and I wish I never would have given that up. But I, I put down the trumpet, and she said, well, you have to. You have to play an instrument, or you have to sing. And so I learned guitar, and I mm-hmm. and I was forced to sing. And then, uh, honestly, I just kept singing and stuff. And I realized that I really loved it. And I don't think my mom ever expected me to take it any further than just being well-rounded, you know. And, and yeah, uh, I actually quit college um, halfway through my college career and moved to Nashville. Um, wow. And I, I remember sitting in my dorm at Liberty University and, and thinking, I can always go back to college, but I can't always be 21 yeah. and or 20 at the time and, and chase a dream. You know, i got to start now, and i got to push yep. as hard as I can. Um, I can always go back to college, man, um, yep. and I realize – You don't want to wonder what if. That's right. And I really realized, like, passion for traveling and I had a passion for, for music and, and – and I had a passion for people and, and meeting folks. I, I just loved so much about that, uh, meeting folks and just 
being uh, involved in people's lives that live in other places that I've never would have been able to do if it wasn't for music and, and get to know these folks, like, like just real family members that we see, you know, once or twice a year. So that, that's definitely where that all stemmed from. Josh, what about you, man? Yeah. I forgot what the question was. Oh, the question was, the question was where, like, what was that moment for you oh, yeah, that, that, that transitioned you into being like, oh, okay, I definitely want to do this. Oh, for sure. So um, I started playing guitar at 15. And then two years later, I started teaching guitar full-time. I uh, just fell in love with the instrument. Um, I just figured, okay, what's next? I mean, I'm a teacher now, you know, 19 no years old. Yeah, and um, so I ended up going to college for music, teaching through college. And then um, that's when I met Sam, and, you know, we started doing some shows. And, you know, the first couple of shows, we did were pretty pretty cool. Oh. They're, well, they were pretty cool, though, for a small-town boy. You know, it's like, oh, we're opening up for, like, ZZ Top and Luke Bryan. And, like, it was wow. a bunch of big, you know, and – then I was like, "Ooh, okay. So maybe teaching isn't my thing. Maybe it's going to be performance <laughs> and writing." Oh wow! Songs. So yeah, it was, it was those couple of years from like 21 years old to 24 that I was like, "Oh, okay, this can actually be a thing." Adam, what about you, buddy? Yeah, so um, my story is a little different from uh, the guys. I uh, started playing when I was about 14, and I played in Texas circuit uh, through high school and college. But I actually went to college for um, history. And I ended up going to grad school, and then I ended up getting a job, and uh, I I really just wasn't happy, and um, I didn't really know why. So I kind of just said to myself, like, what do, what do I love to do? And I, it always was music, but I'd never really been made apparent to me that that was the actual career that I could pursue. Um, yeah. So I... I kind of just thought about it for a long time, and I had one friend that <laughs> lived in Nashville, and I was like, man, I'm just going just gonna to try it. And uh, so I moved to Nashville after about um, two years at an actual full-time job. Wow. <clears throat> love that. I you know, love the stories. Um, so if y'all want to tell everybody how they can reach out to y'all. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I say this all the time when we're playing shows, and, um, it's it is just the four of us. Uh, we have plenty of people that help us out, um, you know, on their own accord, if you will, like Stephanie, who just reaches out and we've never asked her to do that. She's just such an you know an amazing person, loves us, and, and mm-hmm. she's just such a great supporter of music. Um, you know, there's plenty of people like that, but for the four of us, it's just the four of us as the business entity. So. Uh, if you reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram or anywhere, it's it's just us that responds. Um, no robots, just us. So uh, you know, so um, uh, ours would be uh, Radio Romance. Uh, sorry, Real Radio Real Radio Romance dot com is our website, <laughs> and Real Radio Romance dot com has all of our info on it too. But Josh, you want to go through the Facebook and Instagram stuff? Yeah, for sure. Um, you can definitely uh, email us. You know, on the website, or um, if you're on Instagram, it's radio underscore romance, um, radio romance music on Facebook, and you can just DM us, and you know, we all have our phones on us all day long, so we'll definitely be responding um, as soon as we see that you message us. So that'd be great. Love that, and we really enjoyed having y'all on the show today. We definitely look forward to having y'all back down the road. Yeah. Yeah, we're looking forward to it too, and be sure to reach out to us if you have any questions about Nashville or or what places are good or what not. And then when y'all move here, we got plenty of food options for you too. It's great <laughs> pepperoni places. Thank you all. Have a great day. We appreciate y'all oh, so thank much. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Bye. Bye.